things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, everybody? You know it's lovely to be in this new studio. There is no doubt about that. And I look forward to talking to the NBA a lot. But something took place last night that got a lot of people a bit perturbed. I got one of my boys, Rashawn, in town. He already complained about Draymond Green. I don't even know if he wants Draymond Green to play anymore, okay? This is the kind of stuff that's going on. What the hell is happening to the National Basketball Association? That's just one of the things on my mind. Oh, there's a whole lot more. The Stephen A. Smith Show in the house from my new digs. Holla. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show coming at you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Naturally, I'm here in my brand new studio thanks to my official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel the official studio sponsor of the Stephen A. Smith Show. By the way, appreciate the love and support from my followers. As always, my subscribers have exceeded 381,000 as we speak, averaging about 14 to 1,500 new subscribers per day. Can't thank y'all enough for keeping the love coming. You keep it coming, I'm going to keep on coming. Please continue to like and follow the Stephen A. Smith Show right here on YouTube. Just click the bell and get notified for all of our new content. While you're at it, doing that, Please don't forget to pick up a copy of my New York Times bestselling book, Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances and first takes. As always, I'll be taking your questions at the end of every show. The number to call up is 888-727-5303. That's 888-SAS-5303 because I don't like to run from the people I talk about, the people that I talk to. I like being accessible because I'm a man of the people, regardless of what they say to you. As always, guess what? My name is Stephen A. Smith. And I approved this message. Anyway, let me move on. Because last night in the National Basketball Association, we saw Draymond Green get ejected for putting Rudy Gobert in a chokehold during the game with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, you're going to look at Draymond Green and you're going to have your reservations. He's got about 18 ejections for crying out loud throughout his career. He's been gone for quite some time. We know that only Rasheed Wallace has exceeded that because he's got about 29 or had about 29 for his career. And we understand that when it comes to Draymond Green. There's a lot of people that are calling for a hefty suspension. They're calling for this dude to be gone. My man Jay Williams for ESPN said that Draymond Green should be suspended for 10 games. Mad Dog Christopher Russo for Sirius XM Mad Dog Radio said it should be at least five games. 
My attitude is it should be two to three games, and that's create some kind of an uproar because people are looking at me and saying, Stephen A., you cool with him. He's been on the podcast. He's been on the show. That's why you're giving him a break. No, I'm giving him a break because I'm a nice guy. I'm giving him a break because he's a champion, a four-time champion, by the way. I'm giving him a break because some incidences, one would argue, have been questionable at the very, very least in years past. Now, to be clear, I want to make sure I'm very clear about this. Draymond Green did have Rudy Gobert in a choco. He did have him in a choco for a little bit too long. I mean, there were times, there were moments, I was like, damn, let him go, let him go, let him go. No doubt about it, it's all true. I'm guilty of that, there's no doubt about it, I ain't trying to front. But I will tell you this, when I think about Draymond Green, okay, you had Jalen McDaniels getting into it with Klay Thompson, ripping each other's shirt, twisting each other around, and no punches were thrown, but Rudy Gobert got into the middle of it, wrapped his arms around Klay Thompson, but he didn't have his arms around Klay Thompson's throat. And if you're Draymond Green and you're coming up behind Rudy Gobert, I had no problem with him grabbing Rudy Gobert. Even though the rule is usually you should grab your own teammate instead of the opposition, I understand Draymond grabbing Rudy Gobert. Here's the problem. Look at that footage right there. Look at Draymond Green having his arms around Rudy Gobert's throat and look at how long he held on to it. That was problematic, no doubt about it. And because of that, it's going to warrant a suspension and it's going to warrant a suspension that exceeds just one game. But no punches were thrown. And because no punches were thrown and it didn't turn into some kind of melee, my attitude is you got a lot of people out there like my man Rashawn, like my man Mike, like other people talking about how Draymond Green, you got to take past transgressions into consideration. Well, I respectfully disagree with that. I respectfully disagree with that. But before I tell you why, I do want to hear from another NBA player that I know quite well. His name would happen to be Patrick Beverly because this dude, obviously has his own podcast and he's had a few things to say about what transpired last night between the Golden State Warriors and the Minnesota Timberwolves out by the bay. And Patrick Beverly didn't hold anything back. I have one take. He has another. Listen to what he had to say here. Dude, I Man, I seen like- Draymond choke the shit out of motherfucker there. Cat bogus as hell. What? No, 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 no. Cat's no. bogus? Yeah, he's bogus, man. <laughs> Cat bogus, man. Straight up. And Ant was back there, too. And Draymond knew, too. Don't nobody like Rudy anyway. That was a perfect moment to do it. Like, fuck it. Let me choke Rudy ass. And he did not let go. No, you, a person choke you like that, don't let go. That, that shit was built up. But Daniel, then I see Cat make a, a mean mug face like, but then you ain't doing shit. Choke Draymond back. So now, if I'm Draymond, I, yeah, I check they, I choke they center, and they homies didn't do nothing. If we pay y'all in the playoffs, oh, Cat, I ain't worried about you. You didn't even help your homie. So how can he rectify this? Can't. So what? And you can't even, like, try to get your get back. So what? Yeah. Whole world I'm saying. Thanks, Cat. He in the game. Are we still playing? He didn't get... He didn't do, he didn't do shit. Uh, Fuck, why would he get booed? He didn't do shit. <laughs> Cat, no. Fuck that. I taught you better than that. Well, you know what that means. I mean, he's a former teammate. Patrick Beverly's a former teammate of Carl uh, Anthony Towns, a.k.a. Cat. There's no doubt about that. So there's a level of credibility that he brings to the table when he's talking about such things because the last line he said there, there's something to hold on to. I taught you better than that. What is he trying to say? When it's something about to go down, you got to be one of those dudes in line ready to do something about it. Why did you just stand there and, and, and be 
in the scene and just holding on to everybody instead of grabbing Draymond and getting him the hell off of Rudy Gobert, who was your teammate. That was point number one. Point number two, Patrick Beverly was also pointing out how Draymond knew a whole bunch of people didn't like Rudy Gobert anyway. So Rudy Gobert, who's gotten into issues with his teammates from time to time, you had some people that were like, hey, we ain't feeling him at all. No question about it. So how much support were they going to throw behind Rudy Gobert? But in the end, if you wear the same uniform, your teammates with one another and one of your boys in trouble, that's supposed to mean all of y'all are in trouble. That's Patrick Beverly's perspective. And I don't think he's wrong. I do think it's an indictment against Carl Anthony Towns to some degree, but he ain't one of those rough riders anyway. He's a baller. There's no question about it, but he ain't one to find himself in these kind of situations. So that's one point to take from it. Here's my point. I'm sick and tired of people bringing up the past to Draymond Green. Now, maybe I'm showing my age here. Maybe I'm showing my detachment from today's youth, this softest cottonell tissue that the league has turned itself into. Maybe that's my issue. And I'm not calling the players soft. I'm saying the league in terms of rules that they've imposed upon the players where, damn it, you might get ejected for looking at people wrong. And if you think I'm lying about that, think about this. Think about the penalty that happened. Think about the tech, all right, that Anthony Edwards received the other day in Minnesota when he dunked on somebody and then screamed and stared at him. He got teed up for something like that. By the way, this brother is the star of the Minnesota Timberwolves. He ain't coming. He's arrived. He's a superstar in the making. He's got an NBA body. He ain't scared of anything. He gets to the rim with veracity. He will dunk on anybody. He's improving his perimeter shot. He's giving you over 22, 23 a night. The brother is special. It ain't Carl Anthony Towns' team anymore. It's Edwards. Let's get that straight right now. The former number one overall pick out of Georgia, but I digress. What I'm really trying to say is this. When you look at Draymond Green and you want to point to whatever transgressions you want to point to, outside of him running his mouth to officials, what exactly is it that Draymond Green has done? Okay, you know what? He kicked Steven Adams in the groin years ago. I understand that's a violation. You're a man, damn it, you even woof in that direction. It's a problem. I get all of that. I understand it. But I don't hold against him when... He got penalized for that incident in the finals against LeBron James. LeBron James threw him to the ground and then stepped over him like Scottie Pippen had stepped over Ewing after dunking on him. That is what LeBron James did to Draymond Green. And Draymond Green kicked his leg up and ultimately pushed him and what have you. It wasn't, he wasn't even ejected that game. It wasn't until after the game where the NBA gave LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers at that time that stimulus package where they suspended Draymond Green for that game five, knowing that Cleveland was down 3-1, having lost that game four in Cleveland, and they were about to go back to the Oracle in the Bay in Oakland and lose game five and lose yet another finals. And that particular thing that happened, Draymond Green gets suspended, Andrew Bogut, gets hurt the game Draymond got suspended along with Andre Iguodala. Cleveland wins game five. They closed the deal in game six when Steph Curry took his mouthpiece out and threw it at the officials because he fouled out. And then, of course, they lost game seven with the great block by LeBron James and Kyrie's pull-up three over Steph Curry to seal the deal. Remember, they were supposed to lose that series in game five, but Draymond Green got suspended. 
because of an accumulation of tax. And that's what really, really happened. What has he done? What has he done? Everybody talking about his mouth. Everybody talking about him complaining with the officials. Everybody talking about him always getting into something, getting himself teed up, getting himself ejected, talking, talking, talking. I understand that. But when is how many of these incidences has Draymond Green been involved with? I just think it's a bit excessive. And I think people are overreacting. Yes, you wrapped your arms around his neck for crying out loud and held on to it too damn long, Draymond. That is true. It warrants a two to three game suspension. But to treat this brother like, oh, my God, he's damn near a criminal and we got to suspend him for a lengthy period of time. No, we're not doing that. At least I hope not. I mean, I'm just telling you what my opinion is. I ain't Adam Silver. I ain't the NBA league office. They might agree with my man Rashawn and Mike and everybody else. They might say, hell, what's even they had to say? He got to go. He got to go. Golden State, 500 team at this particular moment in time. Steph Curry didn't play last night either. By the way, as an aside, in case you missed it, one of the things that was said about Draymond Green is that he probably got himself ejected on purpose because Steph Curry wasn't playing, so he didn't want to play because usually when he gets ejected, it's when Steph Curry's not playing. Of the 18 ejections he suffered in his career, seven have been with Steph Curry out of the lineup. That's just an aside. I want y'all to know that. I think it was Rudy Gobert that said that about Draymond Green. Go figure. Let me move on to a different subject that is, uh, I think, is far more important than this particular incident in question. And it is the state of affairs that are going on with basketball in the city of Los Angeles, specifically with the Los Angeles Clippers. They are 0-5 now since James Harden has arrived. Really 0-5. Yeah, I mean, they're 0-5. And I do think that it's time to have a discussion as to whether or not James Harden should be benched. And by that, I mean coming off the bench. I don't mean not playing. But ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what's so hard about this. It doesn't fit. So guess what? Because it doesn't fit, you can't acquit the Los Angeles Clippers. Because you should have known better. Look at their roster. I'm going to say it before and I'll say it again. You got four dudes who need the basketball. The only person amongst them that I really, really trust is Paul George because he is a guy. He can create his own shot. He can make his own shot. He plays on both sides of the ball. And he isn't trying to be the point guard. Just give it to him to put the ball in the hole. Neither is Kawhi Leonard, but I'll get to him in a second why he's a problem more than y'all are willing to admit. In the case of James Harden, here's the reality. Neither James Harden or Russell Westbrook move a lot without the basketball. They need the basketball in their hands. There's only one basketball. You can't have two of them having the ball. So to me, Anytime one of them is on the floor, you don't need the other on the floor because the other is not going to fight through picks and screens and running all around the place like Steph Curry does to get the ball in their hands to ultimately make shots. What they do is they get the ball and everybody else moves to the side. And while James Harden dribbles the ball between his legs six or seven different times, at least Russell Westbrook will attack immediately. And this is the other reason why the Clippers got a problem, despite the greatness of a Ty Lue as a coach. Understand. That Russell Westbrook was playing some damn good basketball before James Harden arrived. Russell Westbrook has played damn good basketball since he arrived with the Clippers. 
period. Now, he was a disaster in Los Angeles with the Lakers, and we got that. But we thought we were writing his epitaph, and that wasn't true. He was just in the wrong situation because clearly the ball needed to be in LeBron James' hands because LeBron James is a better decision maker and an overall better player than even the great Russell Westbrook. But since he's been in L.A. with the Clippers, Russell Westbrook has been a welcomed addition to that squad. Why would you bring James Harden? I'll tell you why you would bring James Harden. Are you listening to this? Are you listening to this? I'm looking at my crew. Take notes, basketball-wise. Don't argue with me about this. I know what I'm saying to you. The problem, the reason why James Harden is in Los Angeles is because of that damn Kawhi Leonard. The worst superstar any team could ever, ever have. That's right, I said it. I'm going to tell y'all one last time. Let me give you notes, okay? If you're a youngster out there, young whippersnapper, breath smelling like Similac, wet behind the ears, listen to me and listen to me good. If you are in school, no matter what you're majoring in, you should be minoring in business. If not majoring in business with a double major. You should always have something to do with business. You know why? Because it forces you to follow the money. And why wouldn't you want to follow the money where every decision maker is paying attention to the money? So here's the situation. You're the Los Angeles Clippers. You're a billionaire like Steve Ballmer. You're giving Kawhi Leonard and Paul George together identical salaries exceeding $42 million per year at this point. Kawhi Leonard misses 48% of his games. The other 52% that he's there, you never know which day he's going to take off. And oh, by the way, of the 48% of the games that he misses, he does Absolutely, positively nothing to promote your brand or the product. That is the problem with Kawhi Leonard. He doesn't promote your product. So all you have to rely upon when it comes to him is his greatness, clear greatness as a player. And you have to pray for his durability. That's what you have to do. That's the situation. He... The man has commercials with New Balance and the kids are talking in the commercial instead of him. You can't make this up. You cannot make this shit up. He is the worst superstar that you could possibly have because he's not going to promote your product and elevate your brand. Unless he's on the court playing, which you can't rely him to do pretty much more than 52% of the time. That's his situation. And there's no way to go. So James Harden being in the Los, with the Los Angeles Clippers, you know why he's there? Because they anticipate that James Harden will get hurt. I'm sorry, that Kawhi Leonard will get hurt. Or Paul George, or both. So you'll need that additional offense. My response is, damn that. Not if it's going to negatively affect the play of Russell Westbrook. You had Norman Powell on the squad too. And what's the chances of both of them getting hurt? I say you roll a dice and take it because now that you're the Los Angeles Clippers, look at what you've got. You got Russell Westbrook compromised. You got Terrence Mann compromised. You got Norman Powell compromised because James Harden has arguably been a subtraction by addition. Now juxtapose that to the Philadelphia 76ers right now who are tied atop the Eastern Conference with only two losses on the season with the Boston Celtics.
And ladies and gentlemen, the second that James Harden went out of town, do you know what position that put them in? That put them in a position to take Tyrese Maxey and give him the damn ball. And what is he doing? Averaging over 28 a game and seven assists. Only four players in the league were doing that. That's what Tyrese Maxey is doing. That's how he's balling right now. That's what we're looking at. And so for me, what I would say to you is, if you are, the Philadelphia 76ers, it was addition by subtraction. And if it's addition by subtraction with the Philadelphia 76ers and it's subtraction by addition with the Los Angeles Clippers, that makes you the problem, James Harden. Fair or unfair, this man was dealt to the Clippers. And ever since then, Tyrese Maxey has fully emerged. He's looked sensational. And the Philadelphia 76ers look like a big-time threat because of it. 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-727-5303. That is the number to call in to the Stephen A. Smith Show right here over the digital airwaves on YouTube. You know I know what I'm talking about. Kawhi Leonard is the worst superstar you could possibly have because he does nothing to market your product. James Harden is still an all-star, but he ain't what he used to be. And now the time has come to ask, how much is he really worth and how much does he really have left? Oh, by the way, that Houston Rockets team that, that James Harden was once on, that Houston Rockets team that's looked like hot garbage since he's departed, now has Ime Udoka as their coach. They're six and three, and they've won six straight. Why do I bring them up while discussing James Harden? Because James Harden, when he was looking to get out of Philadelphia, paid a visit with the Houston Rockets, wanting to come back and wanting to be a max player, but also wanting to be that former league-leading scorer. And they said, hell no, we're building something totally different and young, and Ime Udoka wasn't having it. And turns out this coach that took the Boston Celtics to the NBA Finals in his first year and only year as the coach, has reemerged on the scene and has reminded everybody and their mother what a great, great coach he is. So you got another team excelling without James Harden. You got the Clippers struggling with James Harden. You got the Philadelphia 76ers emerging and elevating without James Harden and telling you they happy that their situation is what it is. Oh, by the way, they play at a, at a faster pace. Because the new coach, Nick Nurse, got them playing at a faster pace. It's not an accident that the 22-year-old and Tyrese Maxey, who's got the ball in his hands, pushing the ball up the floor, showing you he can hit threes, showing you he can score in bunches, averaging over 28. Still didn't forget about Joel Embiid because he's got Joel Embiid averaging 33 a game. You James Harden is bad news all the way around because it's giving people fodder to question your future. What you gonna do about it, bro? What you gonna do about it? 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-727-5303. You are listening live to the Stephen A. Smith Show right here over the digital airways of YouTube. I wanted to go there and I wanted to say that I'm about to get into and transition to another subject. Um, your kids don't need to be watching the next subject. It's about Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. It's about something they're making news about right now. I ain't going to tell you what that is just yet. But just brace yourself. Because there's some things that need to be said, so damn it, I'm going to say it. It's just the way it is. It's the Stephen A. Smith Show. Don't touch that dial. Be back with more in a minute.
This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Welcome back to the Stephen A. Smith Show. Coming at you over the digital airwaves of YouTube at the very least every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'm going to transition away from the world of sports and get into the world of entertainment and pop culture. Jada Pinkett Smith was seen leaving iHeartRadio Studios Wednesday morning in New York City, and she was asked about her thoughts surrounding the the allegation by a former employee that her husband, Will Smith, was caught having sex with actor Dwayne Martin. Her response, we suing, obviously setting up a potential legal battle, according to TMZ. Of course, it's hard to tell if Jada's making a joke or if her family's really considering legal action here. But a source close to the situation told us Will is actually weighing his legal options. So there could be some truth to Jada's response. To be complete and fair, rep for Will told TMZ the whole thing was BS, saying this story is completely fabricated and the claim is unequivocally false. According to TMZ, Dwayne Martin's going to let Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith deny the allegation he had sex with Will, but Dwayne's not jumping into the fray himself. Sources familiar with the situation tell TMZ Dwayne has no plans to publicly respond to the claim because the allegations are so ridiculous. Fine. You know, I brought this subject up because there's a couple of things that really, really bother me here. So a former employee, without question disgruntled, because why would you do something like that? Even if it was true, which, by the way, I personally don't believe, but I don't care either. Whether it's true or not true is none of our business. But a former employee saying something like that. So that's the world we're living in now where somebody could say something like that. It trends nationwide, if not worldwide. We're all talking about it. And your name is raked through the coals if you're a superstar like Will Smith. So that's the first thought that comes to my mind. The second thought that comes to my mind is... Why are people acting like even if it was true is such a big deal? I thought we evolved as a society. We're talking about folks who are transgender. We're talking about folks who are born a girl or and decide that they're a boy or vice versa. Women who say they're men and men who say they're women. We just discussed yesterday how Marlon Wayans daughter transitioned to a son. I don't even remember if it was the other way around. You know why? Because it doesn't matter. I thought we advanced as a society. So if we really have advanced and it's really not a big deal, why is this being made to be such a big deal? That's point number two. Point number three is the biggest point that I want to make above all else. And I'm standing up here because I'm trying to compose myself. Because I got something that I want to say, but I want to be fair-minded in saying what I'm about to say. So I'm just going to say it. It's all your fault, Jada. You see what happens when you tell people business? Because you see what happens is, is that even me and everybody else in between could go out there and we could talk about a whole bunch of things. Why? Because you invited us to talk about it. Whether it's leaking out information about your sex life with your husband, whether it's selling a book and telling the world that y'all been separated for seven years. And by the way, a year after your husband slapped the living shit out of a guy by the name of Chris Rock, 
who was a noted famous comedian about 60 pounds lighter because he insulted you in Will Smith's eyes. By the way, Will Smith was laughing initially to that until he saw your reaction. This is at the Academy Awards, which everybody knows from a couple of years ago. This is what the hell happened. Along the way, Red Table Talk. Along the way, Will and I ain't the same anymore. Along the way, ain't that interested in making love anymore. Along the way, your own children were clamoring for Tupac who died over 25 years ago. Clamoring for a dude, God rest his soul, that they either weren't born or they were toddlers at the time of his passing. Where they get that from, Jada? Because if we can believe that pillow talk takes place between a woman and her man, we can certainly believe that talk takes place between a mother and her child especially about the other parent. All of this stuff that Will is being subjected to, ladies and gentlemen, let's be clear. As much as we lament and abhor what he did to Chris Rock, up until that point, did it get any cleaner than Will Smith? What did he do wrong? He always wanted to do the right things. He was always about doing the right things. Didn't you love the movie Hitch? Didn't you love iRobot? Don't get me started with Independence Day with him and Vivica Fox. The, the movie Focus with Margot Robbie. I love that movie. The list goes, the bad boys don't get me started with him and Martin Lawrence. One, two, and three. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? I loved it. Will Smith is a think movie star. Class personified, didn't do anything to impugn his reputation at all. I interviewed him when he was doing concussions or the movie Concussion. The dude is outstanding. He's conscientious, heart's in the right place. But we got to talk about subjects like this because it's trending all over the place. Why? Because people have the license to talk about him. That's why it ain't just conjecture and speculation where it's his name. And so you just talk about it now. Oh, no. Now there's a level of validity in people's mind that gets attached to anything that involves him because his wife gave the opening. Which gets us to a different subject. You see, it's uncomfortable for a lot of men to go that route. But it ain't uncomfortable for me. Oh, no, 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 no. I religiously tell people, mind your damn business. Religiously. I tell the men out there and I'll tell you women out there, you got somebody in your life, in your personal life. The second they whisper your business, get their ass up out of there. Get rid of them. Get rid of them before they even can say their own last name, let alone yours. I got my little nephew in the house. Come here, boy. Come here, man. Hurry up. This is my nephew, Josh, right here, ladies and gentlemen. Josh, hmm? what did grandma, my mother, your grandmother, tell us about talking about our business? Let's not do it. What did she tell us to do when we had people in our life who did tell our business? 
Get rid of him. How soon? Yesterday. Good job. Get the hell out of here. That's what happens, ladies and gentlemen. It's very, very simple. When you have people in your life who will spread your business, who will violate the sanctity of your trust and your private space, they only get one shot. If Will Smith made any mistakes, ain't about him and Dwayne Martin, ain't about him or anything else. Yes, Chris Rock was definitely an egregious mistake. No doubt about that. But everything emanates from him with Jada. Remember when he was in his house and she was filming him? And he was like, that's not fair. I got my own fan base and I don't feel like being bothered and it's not right to be putting me out there like that. Respect my privacy. She said, there he goes, y'all. There he goes, y'all. Remember when we heard about them going to therapy? How did we hear about it? Because she told us. And there's a whole bunch of women out there following her. Did y'all see me do a segment just a few weeks ago on the wife a former pro basketball player, Joe Smith, and how she was on only had an OnlyFans account and stuff like that behind his back, and he was going off about it. How do we know he was going off about it? Because she filmed him while he was talking. And then had the audacity when he left the house to go on TMZ and act like she was crying about it, like she's so hurt that he left. But in the same breath, she was like, oh, well, oh, well, oh, well, we got bills to pay. Then everybody knows he's been struggling financially. Well, how the hell we know that? Because you told us. It may not be the only way we found out because there was an article written years ago. But ultimately, you remind anybody, I can assure you as a person who covers the sport of professional basketball as a career, nobody's thinking about Joe Smith until you brought him up a couple weeks ago. And then what did she do? She utilized it to go on TMZ and talk more about it. And then after that, she went on a podcast, It Is What It Is, with my man Mace and Cameron, and actually gave Cameron a massage. If you don't believe me, I'll get him on the show and ask him about it. This is the shit that's going on. This is the nonsense. And it's gotta stop. So Will Smith, Dwayne Martin, Jada Pinkett Smith, the only reason I even broached the subject, because I want it to be a lesson to the public out there. Be quiet. Follow Dwayne Martin's lead. Shut up. Don't dignify the order of response. Will Smith, you want to go sue, go sue. But you know what you need to do? You need to find a way to make sure your wife ain't talking about your private business. Because if she learns to keep quiet about y'all, chances are the public will follow and they won't be talking about y'all either. Just a thought. I think I know what I'm talking about. Back with more of the Stephen A. Smith Show. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? I'm gonna go to the questions and the calls before I get on out of here over social media. Let me do that. We got some stuff right here. 
And I got some questions coming up right here. That's what, that's what they said. That's what I wanted. Put the questions up because I want to see it, please. Look at this right here. At Deep Waters of L. The best sex song. He's asking me that. Oh, man. I got to ask. There's a few of them. But listen, there's a few. I can't give you one. I loved True. All I do is think of you. It's an oldie right there. A House is Not a Home by Luther Vandross. We can't ignore that. You talking to an old school brother right here, but trust me, take notes, take lessons. I kind of am experienced with something like this. Just trust me on this, okay? I kind of know this, all right? Teddy Pendergrass, Turn Off the Lights. I mean, that's a nice one. That's a nice one. Um, Adore, Prince, we can't go wrong with that, okay? We definitely can't go wrong with that. I don't want to bring up R. Kelly, but I think it's okay now because he's in jail. Now, if he was not in jail, it would not be okay because he's getting away with stuff. But now that they finally got his ass and he's in jail, okay, it's okay to bring up R. Kelly music now. Dedicated was a beautiful song, okay? Your body's calling. That was another one, okay? 12 play couldn't be ignored. There's a few by R. Kelly. Honey, love, there's a few by R. Kelly now. We can't act like we don't know that, all right? So there's quite a few. You know, Jodeci, Cry For You, we can't ignore that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you something. Now. I don't know all of them. I don't know all. I mean, I, I actually do, but I don't. Yeah, I don't want to give it all to you. But trust me, the options that I gave you, those work. Those work. But fellas, and I'm talking to the fellas here right now. Timing is everything. See, you can't just say, just play the song. If she was cooking and she ain't feeling lovey-dovey and you play the music and stuff like that, but then you step to her with the music and stuff like that, you might even get it. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. You just getting sex and you just giving the sex. You ain't making love. And if you ain't making love, you don't need to be asking questions like this. You understand me? It's different. You got to use the ambiance got to be nice, too. Now, if you just trying to get some, that's different. But if you trying to show her what she is worth to you, music matters. Dim the lights. That matters. Do not eat more than a salad before you get loose because if you get it ready, but then you all bloated, that's a problem. That's a problem. You might belch, you might pass gas, you might not feel your vibrant self and you've compromised. And drink water, it assists with fluidity. You know what I'm talking about. That's the way to go. I'm just going to go with a few of those. Let's move on to the next one, please. Let's move on to the next one. Okay. This is at Bron Got Game. If LeBron ties MJ in rings, will you have him as the GOAT? Hell no and a half. Move on. What's the next question? Let's move on to the next question right there. Give it to me. At Goose is looser. Stephen A., I need to impress this lady tonight. I told her I know how to cook, but I can't even make a damn mac and cheese. Help, Stephen, what do I do? Well, first of all, you lied. So what you have to do 
is you got to cover yourself now. You don't want to admit the lie just yet. Now, wait until later, like a day or two, and then you could confess to her that you lied all along. But for right now, do you have any friends? Get somebody to cook for you. If not, cater something nice, but not too extravagant, because then she'll really, really know it wasn't you. It's got to be something ordinary. It looked like you cooked it, okay? And do you want to do that? You want to set that up. But what you want to do most is distract her with the ambiance so she ain't locked in on the food. Because if she locked in on the food, she'll probably know it wasn't you. What you want to do is create a kind of ambiance that makes her walk around and look and be like, oh, this is nice. I can't believe I'm seeing this. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he is trying to do something right now. He's trying to impress me. You understand? What she does, she wants she to look around and all of a sudden, rob her head. She's going to do all of that. But she's inspecting. And when you have to understand, you have to understand something about a woman. She doesn't just look at one thing. She inspects the whole picture. Women are the greatest people with peripheral vision. We the ignorant, narrow-minded ones. They are far more expensive than us. So when she tell her, oh my goodness, I need to impress her tonight. I told her I can cook. Okay, make sure the smell in the kitchen smells like food, like you've been in there working. Put on the apron and stuff like that. Make sure you answer the door like that. Get your hands a little dirty and stuff like that. Put your hands in the food. Make it look like you was doing something. I got my man Rashawn. He think he's Chef Boy RD. You go talk to somebody like him. Get the food going. You'll be all right. But then when you answer the door and you welcome her in, it's the ambiance that she's looking for. Make sure the ambiance is distractive enough that she ain't focusing on the food. She's focusing on something else. But then you have to make sure that's something else she's focused on is worth her bypassing the food. Are you gifted enough to pull that off? That's a question you didn't have an answer to up here. I'm just saying. Next question. Favorite Thanksgiving food item? For me personally, turkey wings, stuffing, and my mama biscuits, my mama biscuits. Those are the things that work for me. Before I get on out of here, I got to get to the calls, okay? Got to get to the calls before I get on out of here because this is very, very important. As I promised y'all, I would take calls before I got on out of here. So let's get right to it. Let's go to Caesar in Houston, Texas. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, Caesar? How you doing, Stephen A? I wanted to talk to you, man. I used to try to get to your show. Your radio show can never do that. Thank you. <clears throat> All right, it's short and sweet. If you would have had a post-college career, if you didn't get injured, who would you have wanted to play with the most? Who would I have wanted to play with the most as my teammate? Yes, I would tell, I, believe it or not, I would tell you, I would tell you Steph Curry. I think playing with somebody like Steph Curry with his shooting ability, his shooting prowess, his movement without the basketball, it would have freed things up for me. LeBron James is another matter, but here's the problem with LeBron. LeBron is a basketball savant. He's best with the ball in his hands. He's an incredible decision maker, but he manipulates the game in such a fashion that the ball spends a majority of the chunk of the time in his hands. And so as a result, right. you're so dependent on him, that doesn't benefit me. But with a guy like Steph Curry, he's either going to shoot 
shoot it, or he's going to create the space to create opportunities for others to shoot, which means I would have a chance to flourish better. And that's why I say Steph Curry. I appreciate the call, man. Thank you so much. Alejandro, Alejandro, you're live with Stephen. Yes. What's going on, man? How you doing? You're good, man. How about you? I'm good. Talk to me. So, big Spurs fan here. I'm just wondering what you think San Antonio should do in their current situation, given that Mbenyama has been kind of having a little bit of off game, but given time, he's going to be good. But what should San Antonio do right now? Continue to build. They're in a youth movement. Nobody's expecting anything from the San Antonio Spurs. Victor Wembanyama is going to be a star in this league for years to come. He's got skills. At seven feet four, his shooting ability, his ball handling skills, et cetera, he's got it. Now, they got embarrassed last night by Oklahoma City with Chet Holmgren and those boys. They came ready to play, no doubt about that. But this kid, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, is a star in this league, and that's the reason why they were head and shoulders against the San Antonio Spurs. San Antonio's got some young talent with Basil and all of those guys, but at the end of the day, Victor Wembanyama is a rookie. He's frail thin, and he's a rookie. So as the season progresses, they're going to figure him out a little bit more. They're going to get a bit physical with him, and there are going to be some rough nights along the way, just like the Knicks put him through when he showed up at Madison Square Garden because you're going against elite, an elite defensive-minded coach yep. like Tom Thibodeau. Those are the kind of things that happen, but ultimately, he'll be fine. Just stick with your youth movement. Accumulate as much young talent as you possibly can. Grow together, and then when you have enough young talent, be ready to ship one or two of those dudes off to get a couple of veterans in there to really, really show you how to improve upon your skills and be better. But everything's going to involve around Wimpiana anyway, no matter which way you slice it. Appreciate the call, man. For Thank sure, you man. so much. Keyshawn, Thank you. Keyshawn in Baltimore. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, Keyshawn? How are you? Thank you for taking my call. How you doing? I'm all right. Go ahead. Talk to me. We have the best team in the AFC, arguably. The Ravens going up against the Bengals. Just want to get your score prediction. Um, I don't really have a score prediction for Thursday night's f- uh, football game between the Ravens and the Bengals, but I- I'll make one. I'll tell you that if I had to venture to guess, I'm going to pick the Ravens to win this game 31-27. 31-27. Appreciate the call, man. Uh, let's go to, what is this? Truy Lopez in Texas. You're live with Stephen A. Truy, are you there? Hi, Stephen A. This is Trey. Trey, Trey, my bad. It said this is about Truy. I apologize. Trey, what's going on? Um, I'm here to ask for advice because I want to start a podcast, a sports podcast. Okay. Next, in 2024. What's your advice on starting one? You said my advice on what? Because I don't quite hear you. What My advice on what? Uh, starting a sports podcast. On starting a sports podcast? Yes. Okay. Well, what do you want to know? I mean, listen, you got to know sports, first of all. You got to be willing to do your research. Um, yeah. You got you to gotta, you watch the games. Uh, you've got, you've got to know what people are talking about. You got to pay attention to the kind of news uh, items that are percolating in the minds of the American public. That's what you got to do. And a lot of times people are just talking. Don't be just a talker. Be somebody who actually went out there and does it. I mean, you got a lot of people that have podcasts and they're doing a lot of different things and their level of expertise is to be respected and appreciated. And I'm certainly not trying to go there, but I don't look at me as being in the same breath as them because I think about all the things that I've done in my career and the level of credibility that I have because of it. So, you know, to me, it's far more expansive than that. And I've got a greater responsibility than a typical person just getting in front of a microphone and camera and talking because there's too much that I know and there's too many people that I know. And so there's a level of perspective of intel that I have to bring to the equation that far extends beyond numbers and data. You got to do more than that. And you got to be committed to doing more than that. And you ain't going to do that if you're just sitting at home and talking. Okay, cool. Will you, will, you come, uh, will you come see it? Will I come see what? 
if I start a podcast, will you, it, it will you, will you join me sometime? I, I maybe, maybe not. I don't know you. So I'm not going to say yes, okay. I'm going to join your podcast. Hell, I just spoke to you for the first time. You think you're speaking to me and all of a sudden you're going to get me to come on your podcast? No, my brother, it's harder than that. You got to earn that, brother. Yeah. Just like I had okay, to earn cool. it. Just Thank like everybody else had to earn it, all right? Get to work. Yes, sir. Thank Do you, man. Thing. You're the goat. Later. John, last call. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, John? Talk to me. Hello, sir. I do have a question and, and a small request. Okay. Uh, the, the AP is not reporting that Connor Scallion uh, did not, he did not report any expenses to the University of Michigan, meaning, in fact, he may have acted alone. Could the Big Ten may have jumped too soon to suspend Jim Harbaugh? And my request. Stop right there. Stop right there. Let me answer your question yes, first before you put in your request. Yeah, yes, sir. I don't want to hear some report about the AP is saying that Connor Stallion may not have given any intel to, to Jim Harbaugh. I don't want to hear that. That's, that's bullshit. And I'm going to tell you why. Number one, you had ample time to come out with that nugget of information before the Big Ten handed down its suspension. You did not do that. Number two, we know what the story has been, and we've seen them on video infiltrating other people's sidelines. Number three, do you really think an employee for the football program did all of that for his health and didn't give any intel back to the football coach of Michigan? That is utterly ridiculous. I mean, why don't you spit in my face and tell me it's raining? That's just the stupidest thing that I've ever heard. There's no way in hell that he did it for nothing. Now, he may have done it on his own, and as a result, on doing it on his own, then coming back to Jim Harbaugh and feeding the program the information, that would have been another thing entirely. But don't tell me... He just didn't. He just did it, and he kept the information to himself. That's just a dumb, dumb conclusion to reach. Now, what is your request? Well, my, well I'm a big fan, so my one request is when you do get your uh, nighttime LA TV show here, I'd like to be a permanent guest there, so I can witness you live a second part of the dream that you know you've always thought of. Well, I appreciate that, but I'm not interested in people being permanent guests. If I had you as a permanent guest, what about the millions of people who'd want to be guests themselves? Then I got to shortchange them for you? That's not going to happen. If I ultimately had a late night show, and I'm not saying I'm going to do a late night show. It could be an afternoon show. It could be late night. I consider myself a hybrid individual with that level of, of versatility. Whatever it calls for, to me to do, for me to do in front of the camera, I believe I'm capable of doing. It could be late night. It could be an afternoon talk show. It could be a variety of other things that I'm aiming to do, but I'm going to always be me. At the end of the day, what I would say to you, however, is that you are more than welcome. If I ever have a show with a live studio audience, you're more than welcome to be in the audience. But to say a permanent member of the audience. Oh, I'm, that's, Stephen, that's, I apologize. That, I meant, that, I meant in the audience. I yeah, meant in the audience. You can come in the audience occasionally. Yes. Yeah, that's, you know, what, they, I, that's you know, what I meant. You know, no permanent seat in your name, but you're more than welcome to be. There's no doubt about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, right. no, no doubt, man. Hey, I appreciate you living that dream, man. Thank you so much. No I doubt. appreciate God the call. God bless you as well. That's it for today's version of the Stephen A. Smith Show. Appreciate y'all joining me my second day in my new digs, just figuring stuff out even more and more and more. The camera angles, the desk, the couch, the screens, and all of that stuff, the interviews and everything else that's going to come through. I'm going to have a lot of stuff going on in the days, the weeks, and the months to come. God willing, I am not going anywhere. And I hope that you will not either. Stick around, because there's more to come anytime you're watching the Stephen A. Smith Show. We elevate, okay? We don't stay stagnant. That's one of the models, one of my many models. So remember that and hold on to it. Until next time, y'all, this is me signing off. Peace and love. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.